A group grasping for Godzilla, miniaturized black holes, and a mutated dragonfly. It's Godzilla versus Megaguirus. went to this movie thinking that Megagirus was like a metal or like a giant Angerus <laughs> and was just like vehemently disappointed. Oh man. That actually sounds amazing. <laughs> right? I think, I think I just pitched a good Godzilla movie. <laughs> that's actually really good. But like, like what, what if Angerus could actually fight? Like that's kind of what it is. <laughs> no, I like that. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't just a punching bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that that would be pretty good. Um, anyway, welcome back to Monsters vs. Men, where we're still, Alex, trying our best to stay alive. Yes, and one more week, Eric. We've made it one more week. Indeed. The world may be burning, but we're still here. Talking about monsters. <laughs> talking <laughs> about was, Godzilla. Yeah. Talking yeah. about whatever. Talking about coronavirus. Yes, that's what I was trying to get to. We're still, we're still here. <laughs> we're still here. Oh. Uh, hey, you know, Alex, I was looking at our podcast on iTunes, and our last review on iTunes was over a month ago. And it's still, our, our latest review is still the one that said this podcast cured them of their child pornography addiction. Oh, yeah. So, no, 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 no. They said, <laughs> Eric, it wasn't that they cured them of their child pornography. It was that they cure, cured their child of a pornography addiction. There's a no. very big distinction between the two. I, I don't think so. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think you're wrong. I, I'm looking at, hang on, I'm pulling this up right now. The review literally says, this honestly helped cure my child pornography addiction. Oh, it no. Are you child, serious? Yeah, it doesn't say my, my child's pornography addiction. Uh-oh. It says, this honestly helped cure my child pornography addiction. Oh, no. For some, you know, you know how they've done studies where they, they know that your brain just autofills a lot of sentences that you read? Right. <laughs> That's totally what happened with this, and this is way worse. And now we do need to get that review like <laughs> knocked off the front. That's what I'm saying. So if you are listening to our podcast and you <laughs> enjoy what we're doing, or if it's helped cure you of any addictions, please leave us leave us a new review on iTunes. Um, so that will show up at the top of our iTunes reviews. Oh my gosh. Eric, this is so much worse than I thought it was. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's all right. We're gonna we're gonna take care of it. We we have some fans that will will uh, take care of us. I know I know I know they will. Yeah, it makes the joke I made on Twitter way worse. And now I'm like kind of feeling bad about the one that I made. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It was like a month ago. People have forgotten about it until you just yeah. brought it back up. <laughs> yeah, great. Right. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that nobody will dig up my old tweets years from now to, to harm me in any way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Alex, without further ado, should we get into this film? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Planned before Godzilla 2000 was even released, Godzilla vs. Megaguirus restarts the Millennium Era completely. We get a similar Godzilla design, but a completely new timeline and a completely new story. Director Masaki Tezuku stated that after Godzilla 2000, he wanted to make a fun Godzilla movie. 
There's certainly a lighter tone overall in this film, but is it more fun than 2000, Alex? Or is Godzilla vs. Megaguirus all too serious? Well, I don't think it's very serious. I do think there's some interestingly serious moments. Uh, there was actually like a lot to like about the film, but overall, not to play my cards too early about this, but it had some real weaknesses. And I, I like the brief horror moments that we get, which I would say is not quite fun, like he is saying, mm-hmm. right? Like specifically when I'm going to reference these uh, based on their size, I'm going to call them all Megaguirus. I know they have different names based on their evolution, but for sake of just getting rid of semantics, we're going to just call them by their size. So uh, (laughs) there's a, that scene where the, the little Megaguirus when he's where I guess Megaguirus prime, he just hasn't grown up yet. He Mm -hmm. eats that couple and it's this really brutal moment, right? Like, it's really brutal. And it is like a blatant ripoff of the Dilophosaurus scene from Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's but, true. But in a good way. Like, it's really cool. Uh, but I really like that that whole scene. It's really messed up. And it really makes me think that the rest of the film's kind of going to have that kind of feeling. But it goes back to what you were just saying about uh, director M- Masaki Tezuku. He makes a fun Godzilla movie with like these weird tonal inconsistencies every now and then mm-hmm. that throw me off. But overall, I do think that this is a pretty fun Godzilla movie. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I actually do think this film is a lot of fun. And I will tip my cards and say right now that I don't think it's near as good as Godzilla 2000. Agreed. Um, I think there's definitely fun to be had. Uh, even if it's not entirely meaningful, original, or in any way revelatory. Now, that sounds negative, but let me start off by praising the monster action. I loved Godzilla, the Godzilla versus Mega Gears battle. The way they learned each other's moves and they counterattacked, that added variety and intrigue to these proceedings. And man, Godzilla's final blow, that was brutal. Um, now, I didn't particularly like the Mega Gears point of view shots that like, did that weird thing where it felt like it was a um, like a stop motion movie. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I think they could have done something better, like maybe like a red lens over the, the camera. But overall, the overtop nature of that final battle really had me enjoying myself, even making me think of some of my favorite Showa era battles. The humans, on the other hand, felt completely from the Heisei era. Um, but I had a question for you about this, Alex. Do you think this film feels more Heisei or Showa? Well, I think if we're looking at this from like an emotive Godzilla point of view, then it's definitely a Showa era movie. I mean, we get a ton of these like kind of hilarious reaction shots from the big G. I mean, this Godzilla is consistently surprised by what's happening around him. <laughs> like, it definitely harkened back to that I don't want to say relatable Godzilla, but maybe more <laughs> more like a uh, human-like Godzilla. But the story, mm-hmm. though, while it has some goofier Showa-like elements, especially with involving the child in the mm-hmm. film, that feels uh, that feels very Showa. But then the story overall is very Heisei. It has those darker elements that, going back to that moment that I mentioned earlier feel a lot like Heisei. Like, Heisei didn't get that dark, but it did kind of remind me of those vibes I got from uh, Desatoroya. But it's kind of like you said, though, that final battle felt something straight out of the Showa era, uh, complete with a big G body slam. (laughs) 
like a <laughs> hilarious dive bomb. It's just so funny. Yeah. And also that stinger grad that he does. It, it's kind of like when we were discovering new abilities with Godzilla, like each Showa movie is kind of mm-hmm. what this final battle felt like, which was kind of refreshing, but it also didn't have those tropes of the Showa era where you see something cool and then they do it three times and drive it into the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I guess two points for Showa, one point for uh, Heisei. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, yeah, and I'm with you with the body slam. The body slam was probably my highlight. <laughs> well, maybe the final blow, but besides the final blow, yes. uh, the the body slam was my favorite. Um, one thing I did appreciate about this film, though, was how Godzilla was attracted to all things energy. Now, an idea like this was hinted at in 2000, but Godzilla really goes after all the energy in this film, particularly plasma energy. Um, I also like how the beginning of this film ties directly to the 1954 Gojira. Um, I think they get those scenes exactly right. They blend the up-to-date models with the black and white footage and and the Godzilla theme. Unfortunately the film doesn't do much with those connections beyond the initial footage. There's so many connections I think that could be made. For example, between the oxygen destroyer and the dimension tide. I mean, if we consider the ethical dilemmas of the dimension tide, like Sarazawa considered the ethical dilemma of the oxygen destroyer. Yeah. This would have been a more nuanced film for sure. I mean, the danger, the dangers of a weapon that creates a black freaking hole, Alex. I know <laughs> should not be understated. Did you buy? Did you buy the Dimension Tide um, and the human characters? What do you think about the human characters overall? Yeah, before before I go into that, I just want to clarify something for our listeners because it's not really made clear. But the Godzilla from the flashback of 1954 doesn't die. This is the same one. So no oxygen destroyer ever happens in this universe of this one movie. Mm. So if this is the same Godzilla, which is why they kind—I of, guess—they probably did that flashback with the new design of the Godzilla, just like put yeah. back in, which looks really good, by the way. Like it, does. it, it is a really good implementation of. I was like, I want more black and white footage <laughs> of this new looking Godzilla. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it really, it really would be. But I, going back to Dimension Tide. I think it's actually really cool and until you think about it at least, right? <laughs> like like yes. I know this is a a Godzilla movie, right? And we at least on this show have never really knocked a film too much in terms of its like accurate science, but my god, using a black hole is the best thing you can come up with to destroy Godzilla? <laughs> like I mean, black holes are unstable at best. And firing one from space at the ground is a surefire way to destroy not just Godzilla, but the planet. <laughs> like, like, like that being said, I like that it leaves like the space-time distortion, which is far more plausible than using this thing as a weapon. Like, I almost wish that the that aspect of it was explored more. But I do like that Megaguirus comes from that space-time distortion. And that kind of makes it really cool. No, I think you're right. Um, Sorry, I just but, realized I didn't answer your question about the uh, characters. <laughs> yeah, <you did. laughs> it's all right. It's all right. What I was going to say is, yeah, I'm with you with the science. I'm not too critical of the science uh, behind the 
uh, dimension tide just because like, yeah, we, we don't really criticize the science. I, I, I more have an issue with just how convoluted the plot is surrounding the dimension tide. The characters that are involved within that plot to me are just not complex. They have very clear motivations, which I actually do appreciate in most films, but their motivations here aren't necessarily interesting. I appreciate Tezuka's attempt to create a strong female lead in Kuriko, but her main motivation in the film, Revenge, it's already been done. And in my opinion, it was better done in Space Godzilla with Yuki's character. Because of the extent, think about how Yuki, how far Yuki was willing to go for his cause. Kuriko, she seems dedicated, but she's not necessarily devoted to destroying Godzilla, in my opinion. But to be fair to this film, I also don't think the tone of this film really called for a super serious character. And she, she needed a bit of levity in her interactions with Hajime anyways. So I was okay with, with her character overall. It just, the storyline didn't quite reach what I thought they were trying to do in space Godzilla. Yeah. I actually, actually agree with you about this. Uh, this really does feel initially like a really interesting revenge story, you know, like, yeah, we saw Yuki's revenge, but this felt like something maybe a little more fresher and maybe even more personal since we actually see the events that lead to her wanting revenge. But the vendetta doesn't play out quite in a satisfying way. Like it's just like you said, the Yuki uh, scenario in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla plays out in a much more interesting way, and it's a lot more focused, and it has more implications and consequences and. I just mm-hmm. I think it's pretty funny that you and me had the same exact thoughts about <laughs> Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. And while yeah. the setup is better, I just think Space Godzilla did the revenge story way better. And just in general, kind of with this film, there's a lack of consequence over just about everything. The mm-hmm. use of plasma by the research facility that wasn't supposed to be using plasma, uh... They didn't get in. Nothing happened to him. Yeah. And then there's uh, Kuriko, who knowingly, not initially, but after Megagiris is unleashed, she knowing she knows that this happened. And she doesn't really tell anybody. And this thing gets mm-hmm. way out of control. And then there's no consequence for it. Like, and she doesn't even feel bad. She doesn't feel any sort of sense of guilt. No one feels a sense of guilt that this thing got out and started killing and murdering people. Yeah. Not a single person's like, oh, we did this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No one suffers consequences in this film except for poor June Huyasaka, who is that little <laughs> kid who finds, who first sees Megagiris, the grabs the egg, and then at the post-credits of the film, which I don't know oh, if many yeah. listeners probably know, but there is a post-credits to the end of the film, where it's real Godzilla is alive, and it just happens to be that he's popping back up right in front of Jun Hayasaka. So he just has like this bad go of it, but he's the only one that has consequences for his actions. Well, yeah, and you said, Alex, that you thought the revenge plot in Space Godzilla was way better than okay, this one. Okay. I wouldn't quite go that far. I'm not co- going to call Space Godzilla a masterpiece in storytelling but 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 would you agree that it's a lot more interesting and that there are greater consequences to to yuki's actions yeah 100 percent. you know and and he takes things to an extreme level and he puts himself and others at risk for his cause 
right? right? Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely that difference. But I did kind of want to end our discussion here on a couple more positive notes that I had. I do like the G Graspers. <laughs> what a horrible <laughs> Maybe not name, the by name. The way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not that name, but I do love the G Graspers more than I ever loved G Force. Um, and I've seen those two compared online, but I actually think G Graspers, they bring a lighter tone more along the lines of the original Ultraman's science special search party. But instead of those orange jumpsuits that they had, we get the bright blue ones here. How about right. those bright blue jumpsuits, Alex? They're, they're, uh, <laughs> they're, they're quite beautiful. And it's, it's like you said, though, the G Graspers name, what a horrible name. <laughs> like, like, Alex, how did that work get we, past quality control? First off. I don't know, but if 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 we ever make it to G Fest, we are cosplaying as G Graspers. <laughs> I'm okay with it, actually. Yeah, we're gonna cosplay as some people's least favorite film. Exactly. Yeah. But um, <laughs> one other cameo I really like. Speaking of Ultraman, is Susumo uh, Kurobe, and I'm starting to pick up some of these faces now. I've I've I in the previous films. I have been lost in some of these like references of these legendary kaiju actors, but now I'm starting to pick up on some of them. And so I recognize Susumu, I can't say the name, but Susumu Kurobe, I, I recognized him from Ultraman and I was excited to see him this time. I know he's been in other films, but I thought that was a cool tie-in as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm about to start Ultraman, actually. I'm wrapping up Ultra Q. I only got a few episodes left, so I'm going to be... Nice. But, uh, oh, I did want to mention real quick, we didn't really mention the effects of Megaguirus, right? Mm, Just briefly. Mm-hmm. Come on. These are pretty terrible, bad. Right? Like, even for you at that like time. Him? You, didn't like, you didn't like Megaguirus? I liked Megaguirus, but the effect of his super speed looked horrible, if we're mm. being real, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were a couple issues with, with that. Yeah, I feel like there are just some, some more creative and inventive ways that they could have displayed that, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like kind of like you know M Eleven's uh, running when he runs at super speed, and <laughs> <laughs> that part's amazing when he skates through the battlefield. All right, it yeah, it is. It's it's, it. it's awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, with that said, Alex, should we get into Monster Peace Theater? Yeah. All right, I'm ready whenever you are. No, it's time for Monster, Monster Peace Theater. Theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so if you're joining us for the first time, this is where we do a segment where we all act out a scene from a random Godzilla movie. And then what we're going to get, we're accepting uh, guesses from the listeners. And then we do a random drawing, and you get a fabulous piece of artwork from one Theo Neely. What are they guessing? They're going to guess what movie this scene that we're going to act out is from. Oh, okay. Now, I guess we need. Um, I guess we need to introduce our our guest again. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> After the critical acclaim of our Godzilla '98 episode, Cece and Neely <laughs> are back. To, to, as special guests for Monsterpiece Theater. Cece and Nini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which they might even be acting in that accent this time. Because this time we've added an extra little trick that we can be whatever or whomever we choose to be. And so that, that will include accents and all kinds of weird things. 
So I could do this in a country accent? If you want to. Hmm. If you want to. Yeah, I can do I can talk country if I needed to. Okay. I don't know if I'm gonna, but we'll see. <laughs> just just this is method acting. So if you're gonna get in character, just get in character now, Cece, please. Well, I just I just want to, to lay this out there that I have a cold right now, so my voice is kind of like scratchy. See, everyone thought that was a voice you were doing and you've yeah. ruined it. Mm-hmm. Well, if my voice cracks in the middle and I sound like a boy going through puberty, then I that's just what apologize. your character was. Also, yeah, I, I want to see I want to see Gwen's artwork at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. oh, I can give yes. you some squiggle artwork. <laughs> Get some beautiful squiggles. All right, all right. Without further ado, let's get into the scene. All right, all my, right. my action will begin, <laughs> and action. In the process, destroying nuclear plants will spread pollution throughout Japan. The damage to Japan forces everyone off the island. This is horrible. Could Godzilla do that? Unbelievable. We are here to save Japan from this tragedy. To save us? Well, how can you do that? We will get rid of Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla. Oh, my God. Great tarnation. It's all within this book. End scene. <laughs> wow. I have literally no idea what just happened right there. This is a beautiful and scene is what it was. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And remember, if you know this movie, send us a message. <laughs> send us my, my baby daughter just burped in the microphone. <laughs> but if you know this movie... Send us a message on Twitter or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com and you will get that one-of-a-kind artwork from the theometer himself. I'm sure our accents didn't throw you off at all. Yeah. <laughs> no. They're spot on. We, we need a more challenge. People are getting it too quick. It's true. Oh, boy. We but need people to mull us. over this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us, Alex, to our awards. Let's get into them. All right, Alex, so let's start with you. Who was your coolest character award? I feel like we don't have a lot of interesting characters this time around. So I'm going to have to go with Hajime Kudo. I mean, this guy can do a little bit of everything. Build tiny little robots, make a weird hacking program with a sexy little anime girl. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. That's his real love interest on the side, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you're right. wasn't but wasn't the quote sexy little anime girl unquote wasn't that Kariko though? Uh, yeah, it is revealed that <laughs> it is Kariko. You're right, you're right. But which one does he love more, Kariko or digital Kariko? I'm gonna go with Kariko, but you, Alex, you might go with digital Kariko. I understand. Uh, yeah, we might have a little demolition man <laughs> scenario over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Uh, Jun Hayasaka, who you mentioned earlier, Alex. He's the oh. poor boy who somehow kept his sanity after all that happened to him. <laughs> so listen, he witnesses a black hole destruction. He's sworn to secrecy by the G-Graspers. He finds a mutated dragonfly egg. He hides said egg, witnesses one of the first forms of Megagirus, disappears for an hour, and then returns in a post credit scene to witness Godzilla's return. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> How he know, keeps right? his sanity makes him the coolest character. I feel so bad for him. Like <laughs> you know, you know Godzilla's coming for him at the end of that, right? Like he's 
<laughs> he is currently in counseling as we speak. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> what about your uh, most memorable line award? So this is your coolest character, Ajime, speaking to Kuriko, talking about the mini SGS he created. At the very end of that conversation, he turns to her and he says, it has an infrared camera too. <laughs> no, this is supposed to be meant to impress her, you know, but it just right. makes him come across as even more nerdy than he already is. But I kind of <laughs> loved it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that too. And mine actually you? comes from uh, Hijime as well. And it's when he's showing off his operating system for the first <laughs> time. And he says, it's an operating system unlike any other. <laughs> and you know what? He's damn right about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that he has to end up playing a video game, basically, to save the world is quite impressive. Yeah, it, it's like it's like the perfect encapsulation of what 90s and like early 2000s hacking looked like oh, yeah. on movies. I, you know, I'd be a pretty good hacker, I think, Alex. I was pretty good at Jet Slalom back in the day. Yeah, yeah, you, you would be good game? at driving around a little sexy anime girl on a yeah. computer. Yep. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what about your Can't Believe the Acting Award? Uh, uh, yeah, so I think Godzilla really stole the show on this award, for sure. <laughs> I mean, whoever was in that suit really sold me on Godzilla's con- constant befuddlement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I-, I bought all of his surprises during that final battle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. What about you? I'm I'm gonna go with a familiar face, Yuriko Hoshi. She was Dr. Yoshino Yoshizawa. Um, and she responds to Hajime's completely insensitive comment. If you remember, he, he says something about her entire staff dying and he doesn't want to end up like them. Right? Right. Um, and she responds with grace, but at the same time, you can see the hurt in her face. Yeah. We don't get too many um, complex emotions no, in this film, <laughs> but this is one of those moments, and I thought Hoshi did a great job of delivering that line. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. But what about your standout effect, Eric? Okay, so this is uh, a little bit into the Godzilla Megaguirus battle, and Godzilla has been knocked into this building, um, and there's a bunch of debris on him, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Then- uh, Megaguirus drops that like pyramid on his face. Yeah, yeah. But then he stands up. And the the way he stands up, it looks as if um, what they did was was play the footage in reverse, right? Because he doesn't stand up like how you would expect him to stand up. He just kind of, I don't know how to describe it. He just kind of is up. You know, like the opposite of falling straight down, he stands straight up. And I thought it had to be reverse footage. Well, the way it, you the way you described it is one hundred percent right. It looks like they have him falling, and then they play it in reverse. That's exactly yeah, it what it really looks like. does. But then I I watched it a couple of times because I was like, that looks exact exactly like reverse footage played in reverse. But it can't be because of the debris that falls off of him uh-huh. while he's standing up. <laughs> I'm like, how did they? I don't know how they did this. So I'm curious. If you know, if anyone out there knows, send us an Eva email, mvmpod at gmail.com. Send us a direct message on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm seriously curious how that was done. That was, that was pretty cool, actually. Dude, yeah, it was cool because I had the exact same thoughts while I was watching it. Cause that debris, you could tell that it's not in reverse. So right. they have to use wires to like pull him. But it's right. so fluid, though. It's it is so fluid. Thing. Yeah. 
Well, so what about you? What was your standout effect? Uh, yeah, just in, just to preface, my standout effect and probably my standout, uh, my oh that's a good shot award could probably be interchangeable. Uh, mm. but my my standout effect is when this military boat or the military is on this boat going over the flooded. Uh, it's not Tokyo, but you know it's somewhere. Uh, and <laughs> they're looking for the Megagirus eggs that are causing this the floodplain to rise. And it looks like they're looking for unhatched eggs, but then it turns out that all the eggs are hatched. And we see that when they go around this corner, and it's just a wall of Megagirus just sitting on this building, all hatching out of their out of their first stage. And it's a really cool like effect, even though the the CG is really not that good, but the, the seeing them all on that wall, it's a pretty cool moment that mm. could have been built up a little bit better if they I flew down and killed the military people that see them, but instead they just fly over their heads. And it's like this really great, like, oh crap moment that we don't get yeah. very often. Yeah. No, I really liked how, you know, it just kind of came out and they just kind of uh, were there. Like it was like the, was it the military that were in like a boat, right? Yes. <laughs> in the city. Yes. And, and all of a sudden they like turn a corner and we just see all of them lined up on that building. I really like that as well. Yeah, it was a um, surprise. But that leads me into my, Oh, that's a good shot award. So mine is the overhead shot of Godzilla letting his atomic breath loose. There's a couple cool overhead shots. Some when he's in the water, but I really like the one where he um, just, lets his atomic breath loose it feels as powerful as it did in 2000 but we've never seen a shot quite like this before yeah that is a cool one i didn't even think about that one but you're right that is a really cool shot but mine mine is much cooler than yours eric (laughs) mine has to be the godzilla body slamming megagirus and it's not that he's got megagirus and he's slamming him on the ground he Gets Megagirus on the ground and then proceeds to jump. And what looks like a flying plank in the air <laughs> lands on him. And the shot is done from below Godzilla. And it is just the oddest looking thing. Like It looks like Godzilla's flying like Superman almost. <laughs> uh, that's oh, a good so one. Good. Yeah. It's so good. I'm glad you chose the artistic choice this time, Alex. Oh, yeah, you know me, artsy-fartsy over here. (laughs) That brings us then to our rating and ranking. I don't have a literary quote. I know you'll be disappointed, Alex. I'm disappointed. I'm I'm afraid to hear what that means for this film. If you didn't feel it was necessary to give it a Herman Melville quote. (laughs) Every time I start a literary quote, you're in the background mocking me. So I I had to pull back a little bit. I'm rolling my eyes. Like, so far, it's hard to get them to come back. (laughs) But... What I'll say about this film is the monster battle is one of my favorites, actually. Um, It probably surpasses anything we saw from the Heisei era. I mean, it's a brawl. It's a bare-knuckle throwdown if these monsters had knuckles, that is. But it's strategic, and it's novel as well. Um, Both Godzilla and Megagirus, they learn from each other's moves, and they learn to counter. Unfortunately, I think, though, as we've talked about, the monster battle, it becomes diluted with the Heisei-like human plot. Um, these characters, mm-hmm. they, they serve a purpose, but their purpose just isn't very interesting. Right. The Dimension Tide, it sounds intriguing, but characters pressing a button really isn't. <laughs> right. Um, overall, I, I think this is a fun entry, though. 
and one I actually wouldn't mind revisiting. And if this ends up being the worst Millennium film, I'll be more than pleased with the era. I gave this one a three stars out of five, um, which is actually only half a star below Godzilla 2000 from last week. So pretty, it's pretty up there. It's not in my top 10, um, but it is a three out of five stars. Wow, Eric. Not what I expected. Now, but I think you'll be in luck. I, you know, that Millennium Era is pretty pretty good, and we got some good ones coming up. But one of the things I really enjoyed about this era is that the, the fights seem a lot tighter, especially than most of the Showa and some of the Heisei films. Mm-hmm. This may go, they may, this one may go on a little too long, but the fight doesn't fall into the tropes of like rehashing the same ideas. There's a lot of new things happening in this fight at the end. Most things are first, actually, like the super speed that we see. Like, even though I complained about the effect, it's nice to see it. The spike to steal the energy that's on the mm. the end of the Mega Gear is a nice ability, and it leads to a cool moment where Godzilla gets ready to blast Mega Gears right in the face. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mega Gears is sucking the energy, so he just cannot muster a, a blast. This is a really cool moment. And then we get our first flying body slam. I mean, <laughs> in what is like a perfect example of a Showa moment, right? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's fun. But I do wish that the brutality that I was teased with when the young couple gets eaten by the little Megagirus, mm. I'm, I'm sad that that didn't kind of follow through the rest of the film. And while it is fun, like the directors intended it to be, I think it's kind of lacking in a lot of respects. And... I think I'm going to have to give this one a three out of five as well. Nice. Even though, nice. hey, I did, you know, I did want to mention a really cool moment that we didn't talk about, Eric. Okay. I really liked when Mega, the final moment in the battle where Mega yes. Gears is flying his spike towards Godzilla's face. I was going to bring that up, actually. And he, and he catches it in his mouth. I, I, and it I has was like that wet, squishy sound. Like you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what happened? Oh, I was, I was, honestly, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I was like, "Holy crap! Did he just stab Godzilla in the face?" Yes, <laughs> I'm real. I was convinced for a second. So I was it sold too, me. actually. Yeah. It <laughs> sold then, me. And then the then camera the pans over. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. It's so good. And it's a very Showa moment, like you were oh, saying. Yeah. yeah, it was another great moment for sure. <laughs> um, hey, what are we? What are we watching next week, Alex? Yeah, so the next movie has quite a title. You'll have to stick with us for a while. Godzilla vs. Mothra and King Ghidorah. Don't worry, there's no flora. Violante is super whack. Let's watch giant monsters all out attack. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but all right. The full title is Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, colon, giant monsters all out attack. <laughs> okay. All right. I like how exhausted with me you just sounded at the end of that. Well, I think that leads me to my rhyme, Alex. Okay. When giant monsters all out attack, will Alex's bad rhymes finally crack? No. Well, I guess I already <laughs> answered that with a big no. <laughs> uh, you can watch this film pretty much anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is an easy to find one. You can find it any of your streaming service. Well, not any of your streaming services, but anywhere you can rent a movie on- digitally, it's there. Nice. Yeah, and if you have any feedback for us, um, if you 
uh, know how they did that Godzilla effect that I mentioned earlier. You have any questions for us, you disagree with one of our takes, let us know, right? Uh, send us a message uh, on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. You can find us on Letterboxd. Get a sneak preview of our reviews at Alex Cornett and Eric Neely. Or you can email us, mvmpod at gmail.com. Now, Alex, real quick, putting you on the spot here. Before we sign off, um, I want to start getting a quick recommendation from you. Any quick recommendations? Something outside of um, Godzilla. And we can do one a week, but we'll kind of go back and forth. Any quick recommendations um, for the audience outside of Kaiju? Outside of Kaiju. Outside of Kaiju. Uh, yeah, it could be I'm, actually, I'm actually watching a really awesome show right now. Uh, I'm watching Fargo season two mm. and it is, it's stellar so far. And, and each season is an individual story. And I haven't had a good Coen brothers movie in a long time. Like one mm-hmm. that I've actually liked. And mm-hmm. this is giving me exactly what I want from the Coen brothers, even though they're not really involved with this. Nice. What well, about you? Well, I'll give my, I'll give one next week. We'll do one okay. a week. So if you have some thoughts about Fargo as well, send us a message. Until next week, though, Alex, try to stay alive. Send us a message. <laughs> Send us my my baby daughter just burped in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs>